Awesome. Well, they say you only get one shot at a first impression, but here's my second attempt. Good morning, Oak Park. Good to see everybody. It's uh, good to see your faces. I'm usually at the back at the soundboard, so this is a different view of you all together. Refreshing. Thank you, worship team, for that amazing music. Yeah, let's, let's clap for that. No kidding. They gave me the option to either lead worship or preach, so I think, I, I think you guys are, are going to be happy with the one I chose, hopefully. Um, let's start off with a quick word of prayer, all right? God, thank you so much for this sermon series, the uh, wisdom that you have placed in the stories that we like to tell each other. Uh, help us to open our eyes to that wisdom, the nuggets of wisdom just all around us in our everyday life. Thank you for the beautiful weather that we've been enjoying this summer. Uh, help it to last until at least the, uh, the end of today, so we get to enjoy that. Family and friends, God, I pray that my tongue will be your tongue, that my words will be your words, and that they'll be pleasing to you. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for uh, giving me the opportunity to come and speak this morning. We're going to be talking about the Jungle Book. And there it is. The Jungle Book, one of my childhood favorite movies, came out in 1967, so if I spoil the ending for you, I mean, it's, it's really your own fault. You've had a long time. You've had a long time. We're going to kind of really gloss over the plot of the movie. Uh, we'll dive into one specific scene alongside of our scripture, and then we'll really zoom back out again to see how the lessons from the movie as well as the scripture, can apply to our everyday lives. And I'm going to just keep going back to my notes. I wrote it all down here. Um, but first, why don't we take a quick look and see who your guys' favorite characters are. So this is not a scene from the movie, but this is a picture of a lot of the main characters. Uh, why don't I just point to some of the characters, and if you agree that that's your favorite character, throw up your hand give a shout, give a dance, whatever you think. Um, how about King Louis? Is anybody's favorite character King Louis? You know, he sings that song. Yeah, a couple. I want to be like you, right? Uh, my favorite character is actually his little assistant. Really sassy. He's like to try and steal the show. Lots of fun. Anybody uh, for Baloo? Baloo the bear? Yeah, a lot of hands there. Yeah, the bear necessities. No kidding. Uh, how about the vultures? Anybody for the vultures? Not a lot, hey? You know, Pastor Lane actually told me that his favorite characters were the vultures. And I did a little research. They were actually supposed to be voiced by the Beatles, another one of my favorite music groups. And you can kind of see it a little bit, right? Yeah, I guess at the last minute they, they were too busy or something, but that was the original intent. And so we have a quick, quick summary these are some of the, the groups that Mowgli ventures to and joins uh, throughout the movie. The name Mowgli actually means frog. And I think that's significant in the movie because he is hopping from group to group to group. Right? We, he's raised by the wolves. He's tried to be eaten by the, the snake here. 
Uh, his nose is too short to be an elephant. They kick him out of that group. You know, he, he's for one reason or another, whether it's a physical limitation or in King Louis's case, he wants Mowgli to tell him the secret to fire. He figures, if I have the secret to fire, then I'll be like a man. I'll be able to walk into the man village. And Mowgli realizes he's not even able to identify with his own type, his own manhood, because he doesn't know the secret to fire, which is apparently the definition of a man. So Mowgli hops from group to group to group and is unable to find any group that he can settle in. We're going to... Um, quickly watch a, uh, a video, a clip here. It's the theme song of the movie, probably everybody's favorite part of the movie. And we're going to dive into that clip here. So let's... Uh... Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be found of my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities. That's why a bear can rest at ease with just the bare necessities of life. Now when you pick a pawpaw or a prickly pear and you prick a raw paw, well next time beware. Don't pick the prickly pear by the paw. When you pick a pear, try to use the claw. But you don't need to use the claw when you pick a pair of the big paw paw. Have I given you a clue? The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. Oh man, this is really living. So just try and relax. Cool it. Fall apart in my backyard. Because let me tell you something, little wretches. If you act like that bee acts, uh-uh, you're working too hard. And don't spend your time looking around for something you want that can't be found. When you find out you can live without it And go along not thinking about it I'll tell you something true The bare necessities of life will come to you Look for the bare necessities The simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strife I mean the bare necessities That's why a bear can rest at ease With just the bare necessities of life Yeah, with just the bare necessities of life Yeah, man! Awesome. What a great song, hey? What do we hear from the song? We hear, don't worry, 
We hear, look for the bare necessities. Uh, we hear, what else? Don't work hard like the bee. Things will come to you, right? That what you need will come to you. This is kind of, I think, what attracts me to the character of Baloo and what attracts maybe a lot of us to the character of Baloo. Most of the hands were for Baloo. Um, you know, he's fun-loving, he's carefree, he just has this nonchalant attitude, and that's something that I try to, you know, portray in my own life. Um, you know, I, I was, uh, just a little background about me, the scripture that we're going to be diving into today was actually the scripture that I chose to recite at my baptism, or, you know, I, I chose to recite part of it at my baptism, because, well, we'll get into why, but um, I was really enjoying kind of this uh, hippie type of a lifestyle in high school, similar to what you might find, uh, you know, in the character of Baloo. And I was really interested as well in Gandhi. Um, and so it's a really weird story. Ask me about it later, but Gandhi's how I came to faith. Uh, I'll tell you just a little bit about that. Uh, Gandhi was a political protester in India, and he would protest the British rule in India. Um, I read a little bit about Gandhi in my times as a hippie high school student, not making the best decisions. And I thought, hey, maybe I should try and be more like Gandhi. Uh, I read that Gandhi actually used to meditate for three hours every morning on the Sermon on the Mount. And that's you know, where we're going to pull our scripture from this morning. And I thought, hey, this is something that I could do. Not for three hours. I did it for 30 minutes uh, every morning for about a month. And I just tried to live that out. And the, the change that I saw in my life and the, the people around me, just so much joy came to them, came to my heart from trying to live out the scriptures. And I wasn't even trying to be like Jesus. I was just trying to be like Gandhi, right? But, but uh, I ended up finding the right teacher. And so we're going to dive into the scripture from uh, Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open those up. Uh, we'll read it off the screen here because I forgot my Bible at home, unfortunately. Luckily, I wrote it down. Uh, so therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, 
for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And we hear sort of similar themes uh, from the Bear Necessities song, right? What you need will come to you. Don't worry. The flowers and the grass and the, the birds, they don't work hard. They don't toil. They don't store up, right? Similar, but there is a key difference. There's a key difference in the, the scripture there. Um, St. Augustine is quoted here as saying about this passage, specifically, I believe it's verse 25. Um, here Jesus turns from the sinful desire for superfluities to the much more defensible and so it may seem less sinful desire for necessities. Right? Like, we're, we're not hoping for a Ferrari, we don't need a Rolls Royce, but maybe if I just had, you know, two cars, or maybe if I had, you know, you, you've got to have six months of expenses stored away, or it's just the necessities, right? It's just the necessities that I'm desiring. I just need to be secure. I just need the necessities. But what is a necessity exactly, right? Water, you know, food, clothing is a necessity, but is it water from the tap that's a necessity? Or is it maybe water that's from a Fiji bottle or Voss, right? Is it, uh, is it Mowgli's loincloth? Is that a necessity? Is that what you would wear to church? Or, or maybe it's this Gucci shirt here. Maybe that's a necessity, right? So where do we pinpoint it? Where in that kind of middle space would we call this is precisely a necessity? Anybody have a guess as to how much the shirt costs? It's a Gucci shirt. Just the shirt, not the pants, not the bracelet. We have 290. It's going to be higher. Anybody? A thousand, fifteen hundred and fifty dollars for one shirt, right? It's a pretty nice shirt. It's pretty. It is pretty nice. Jim, Jim got it right on the head. But is it a necessity? That's the question that we're asking. Yeah, I'd probably prefer that to wearing a loincloth as well. Although it does look pretty free, pretty, pretty free. Um, so in, in our scripture, in the book of Matthew, we have uh, the word therefore. It, it shows up three times. And in the New Testament, the word therefore is meant to uh, do two things. It's meant to kind of put an emphasis, to alert you to, hey, this is important. Uh, it's also meant to show you that, hey, these two ideas are interrelated. So it's a, it's a, a tension getter, as well as showing you that these two ideas are joining. So we're going to look at the first, therefore. Uh, our scripture, our, our passage starts with the therefore. And so we're going to back up one verse into verse 24. Uh, so it starts, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, drink, your body, and it goes on, right? So what's the therefore, therefore? In Bible school, we're kind of taught, what's the therefore, therefore? That's the question that you've got to ask anytime you see this word. Again, it's an emphasis, attention getter. You cannot serve both God and money, therefore, what? 
Therefore, don't serve money. Therefore, don't worry about your food, your clothing, your waters. That's the idea here. That's what the therefore is there for, at least in my opinion. We're not going to read through the other two therefores, but I really encourage you to go back to your homes today and check out the therefores. Um, If you get really excited, there's a whole bunch in the book of Matthew. You can continue on. Keep going. So the therefore is to alert us that we're not supposed to serve money, serve things, serve our food. Um, In the end of the verse here, it says, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? So that word more than, that phrase more than, more valuable than, more important than, I think that's part of it, but I think it's also composed of more than. In other words, is not life more than being alive? Is not life more than the necessities? Right? And so maybe that's why we want that $1,500 Gucci shirt, because life is more than the necessities. That's what, that's what our influencers, our motivational speakers Our celebrities tell us when they say, hey, life is about more than just being alive. So you should splurge. So you should indulge. Treat yourself, right? Maybe maybe go above and beyond the necessities a little bit. But what does it mean when Jesus tells us that life is more than just being alive? What does that look like? Is not life more than food? I challenge you that if, if you ask yourself this question on a regular basis, if you ask yourself, what does it mean when Jesus tells us that life is about more than being alive? If you look for that answer, I think you're going to have a heck of a time enjoying the scriptures and enjoying life. There is so much. We're not going to cover it all, but that's, that's a question in itself. I want to point out as well that this is not asceticism. So the idea that uh, if only I could you know, get rid of my earthly desires for food, water, and clothing, if only I could transcend this world and get above it into a spiritual realm, then th- that's not what's being taught here. No, God, uh, Jesus is actually saying that these things are so important that, hey, God of the universe is going to take care of those for you. God is going to give you what you need. Your food, your clothing, your water. And he does that. He doesn't free us from our worries so that we can be worry-free. He frees us from our worries for a purpose. We're going to look at what that purpose is. So what what does it mean to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness? That's kind of the focal point of the scripture that we read there. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. God will give it to you. Therefore, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Uh, The movie has one answer, and so we're going to watch another clip here about what it means to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then we'll go in and see what Jesus says about it as well. Uh, Here's the clip. Father's hunting in the forest. Father's cooking in the home I must go to fetch the water Till the day that I am grown Till I'm grown Till I'm grown I 
So again, the question, what does it look like to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness? Um, and the answer that the movie gives us is, you know, kind of be who God created you to be. Join the, join the man village is kind of what Mowgli ends up doing at the end of the movie. Um, he, he finds a, a girl, she's singing of some traditional family values. Uh, he's either encapsulated by her eyes or maybe her song or everything, all of, of the above, and ends up being able to help serve her, help her with her water. Um, and that's, that's really one of the things that God has created us to do. I think it's hugely beneficial uh, to, your, to your kind of life fulfillment to have you know, people around you that you can love, people around you that you can serve, possibly even a traditional family like she's talking about there, you know, with the husband, the daughter, getting the water, everything like that. Be who God has created you to be. Uh, the movie is about self-identity, right? It's about Mowgli realizing his, his strengths, his weaknesses, where he falls short, where he's unable to you know, keep up with the length of the nose or whatever the thing may be uh, where he wasn't able to join all these different animal groups. But he is able to find a place here. He is able to fit in, to be useful in the man village. I think that's the way that God has created him. Obviously, the scriptures have another answer as well. And so we're going to just really briefly look at a few verses from the rest of Matthew chapter 6. Not going to read the whole thing. Uh, I'm going to add this to the list of challenges that I'm giving you here. Feel free to go and read the, the, the full chapter six. But we see kind of four key things that we've highlighted on screen. Uh, so give to the needy in secret. You know, do not announce it with trumpets. All of these things are going to be in secret. So give to the needy in secret, pray in secret, fast in secret and store up for yourself treasures in heaven. I think these are some of the key ways that we can seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. 
And these are not, it's not transactional. It's not, it's not, if you seek first my kingdom and righteousness, then I will give you all of the things that you need. I'll give you these necessities. It's not, if you do these four things, then you'll have checked off the box of seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, I think these four things here are meant to help develop our identity. Jesus wants us to find our identity in him and who he created us to be. That's why we're doing these things in secret. Because the scripture says, if, if we do these things to be seen by others, then we've already received our reward. But if we do these things to be seen by our, our Father who is unseen, then that's how we store up treasures in heaven. That's how we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Touching on the store up for yourself treasures in heaven idea. It's kind of the the drive that gets us, right? I want that shirt. I want to work hard for that shirt. I want to work hard for that Ferrari. And Jesus doesn't take away our ambition. He redirects it. He doesn't say, hey, you can't be ambitious. You know, Baloo may be a little low on the ambition side. You know, just float down the river. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for people to strive, people to do the kingdom work, people to uh, really want that. That passion that drives you is what Jesus wants to shape and direct uh, in, your, in your lives. That is how we create the identity, right? That's how we create the identity of being like Jesus. And so we could, we could leave it here with these four things and all the other challenges uh, that I've given you. But there is one last verse that we haven't really paid much attention to here. And that's the last verse of chapter 6. It reads, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And this verse is for everybody, but it's especially for those of us who weren't worried about the previous verses. And I suspect there's probably a couple in here, like myself. I'm not worried about where my next meal will come from. I'm not worried about water or clothing. This verse challenges us. It says, each day has enough trouble of its own. Each 24-hour period, there is enough trouble to fill that whole 24-hour period. There is lots of stuff to be done. And this isn't trouble as in like evil trouble. This is trouble as in probably good things that take up our time, our attention, people probably as well. You know, these are things that we've, that we've got to be challenged to do. So, uh, you know, there, there's lots to do. Don't worry about it, but please still do it, right? That's kind of the, the idea here of verse 34. So what's the takeaway? <laughs> you like that one, Dave? I got another one. What's the takeaway? <laughs> Perfect. Now you're all awake. Well, the, the takeaway is uh, a couple of things. We, we did a couple of challenges. We challenged you to look at the therefores. We challenged you to possibly read the Sermon on the Mount. You know, I, I found it life-changing, quite obviously. That's why I'm standing here today. Um, challenged you to... 
Yeah, really ask yourself that question. What does it mean when Jesus, what does it mean when the God of the universe tells us life is more than just being alive? What a question to ask. And I think we want to, uh, you know, just touch on, again, the, the fact that we want to find our identity in Jesus. That's the point of the movie. That's the point of the scripture is that we're going to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness through shaping our identity with those four things that we discussed, as well as the, the other things that are touched on in chapter six. That shapes our identity in order to help us to become more like Christ. Why don't we end in a word of prayer here? God, thank you so much for your message. Thank you so much that you desire to be with us. You desire to have us become like you. Thank you that you've done the hard work of, of dying on the cross. Thank you that you've done the hard work of inviting us, challenging us to shape our lives around you. You've done the hard work of laying it out. We have to come and lay our worries at your feet. Help us to worry no more. Help us to do it for the right reasons because we are safe in your bosom. We're safe seeking your identity and we're challenged. Thank you that you challenge us to do the kingdom work that is set before us. Thank you that you challenge us to be shaping our identity around you, God. Help us to go out into the world and enjoy our time with our family and friends and to help spread your love and your glory and your joy. Pray these things in your name. Amen.